So our scripture reading, and I'll take this off. Our scripture reading is from the Gospel of John, chapter 20, starting at verse 1. And this is the, uh, John's account of the first Easter. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. So she came running to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one Jesus loved, and said, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we don't know where they've put him. So Peter and the other disciple started for the tomb. Both were running, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent over and looked in at the strips of linen lying there, but did not go in. Then Simon Peter came along behind him and went straight into the tomb. He saw the strips of linen lying there, as well as the cloth that had been wrapped around Jesus' head. The cloth was still lying in its place, separate from the linen. Finally, the other disciple, who reached the tomb first, also went inside, and he saw, and he believed. They still not understood. They still did not understand from the scripture that Jesus had to rise from the dead. And that's the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So this other disciple in our passage this morning who outran Peter that day. And, you know, Peter, you know, Peter was always getting there and stepping in and doing it. But I guess he wasn't that quick. So the other disciple outran him. But when Peter got there, he went in first. And then later, this other disciple goes in behind Peter, and he says, I saw and I believed. Now, most Bible scholars believe that this other disciple is actually John, and he's just kind of being humble about himself because he did beat Peter in the race, right? But he's also, they, they're pretty sure this is John, and then, you know, John wrote this gospel that we've been in ever since the beginning of the year, and you know, it's, it's great, because the great invitation of this gospel was to come and see. And here he goes in, into the tomb, he sees, and he believes. And he saw something that day, the empty tomb, and it changed his life forever. And it's changed our world forever. And John wants to share this with us. That's why he wrote the gospel and I've shared this a few times as we've gotten into this, but later on in the gospel, he says, Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book, but these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. So John wrote down what he saw, what he heard, what he touched, so that generations later, people like us, we might come to see and believe in this Jesus who we have never, never really seen with our own eyes. So he said he came to see and believe. And my question for us all this morning is, do we believe? Do we really believe that Jesus rose from the dead? Not just, oh, I guess that could have happened or it might have happened. Or that's a story, I guess I've always heard it, I, I kind of believe it, but do you really 
believe that Jesus rose from the dead, just as sure as you believe the sun is going to rise tomorrow morning, although with this morning, that's a little doubtful, <laughs> but it is rising now. Boy, it's shining now. It's great. But do you believe Jesus rose from the dead? You know, a few weeks ago, we talked about Jesus raising Lazarus from the dead. And before Jesus called Lazarus out of the tomb, Jesus had a heart-to-heart talk with Mary. And Jesus said to Mary, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. And then he asks her, do you believe this? Do you believe this? A couple years ago, we all read a book together during Lent. You might remember it. It was uh, The Jesus I Never Knew by Philip Yancey. Do you remember when we did that study with our soup suppers and we read the book and we saw some videos? And Yancey told the story in the book about this famous uh, therapist named Rollo May. And I don't know if he's a believer or not, but Rollo May told this story of how he was in Greece and he was wandering around for a walk one night and he didn't realize it, but it was uh, the night uh, before Easter. And he stumbled upon a Greek Orthodox church and they were having their all night celebration that the Greek Orthodox church does before Easter. Has anyone ever been to one of those services? I know (laughs) Tom and Carol have. If you've never been to one of those, they're just beautiful. They're beautiful services. I will say they're long. They are very long because it's all night long. But Rollo May went in the church. He heard the singing. He heard the chanting. There was incense in the air. He said the only light was from candles. And at the climax of the service, He said the priest gave everyone three Easter eggs, splendidly decorated, wrapped in a veil. And the priest said, Christos Anesti, which means Christ is risen. He's risen indeed. Anytime you hear that, you've got to respond. Christ is risen. risen. There we go. Okay, that's just to make sure you're awake and you know that it's Easter. Christ is risen. All right. And Rollo May said that the priest said that, and everybody responded just like you did, and he said even he responded. He said the words just kind of popped out of his mouth. Now, he didn't become a believer at that moment, but he said, I was seized then by a moment of spiritual reality. What would it mean for our world if Christ had truly risen? Do you believe this? And what difference does it make in the way we live our lives if we believe that Christ is risen? You know, it'd be an understatement to say that um, 2020 and 2021 so far have been two years, I, I can't say it strong enough, two years of what? Intensified divisions, quarrels, disputes, disagreements. But even in the midst of all the division we have in our country and our world today, there are a few things, very basic core things, that cut across party lines, that cut across all cultures and language groups, that cut across the social economic divide. The Bible would say it this way, they cut across every tribe, every tongue, and every nation. Uh, 
every one of us, rich, poor, young, old, black, white, Hispanic, Asian, beautiful, not so beautiful, short, tall, skinny, not so skinny, Jew, Muslim, Hindu, Buddhist, spiritual but not religious, and everyone else who might check other on the census form, we share a few basic things in common. And I want to mention just two of those, maybe three, this morning. First is, every one of us have been born, right? You wouldn't be here if you weren't born. We've all been born. And secondly, one day, every one of us will die. You know, we've been watching the COVID death rate, haven't we? And it goes up, and it goes down, and it goes up, and it goes down, and it has been overwhelming. And, you know, we keep praying that it will go down. And as the vaccines are being taken and people are doing what you're doing today, practicing social distancing, we need to keep praying that the COVID death rate will go down. But I got news for you. The overall death rate, it's not going down. <laughs> it's 100%. It will always be 100%. Every human being, every one of us, we have a birth date. And if you got a birth certificate, not everybody has one of those. But if you got one, the, your date's on there, your birth's on your birth certificate. You won't be able to see this on yourself or on anyone else, but every human being also comes into this world with a tattoo that you can't see. It's your expiration date. And God knows your expiration date. Only God can see that. The Bible says that everyone's appointed to die and then comes God's judgment. And so think about it. All your money, whatever race you are, whatever political party you are, whatever religion you are, whatever ethnic origin you are, no matter how good-looking you are, it's not going to change that date on God's calendar. Woo. Okay, two things in common. Here's something else we have in common. We all experience life on earth, and we all experience ups, don't we? And we all experience downs. We all have good days. We all have bad days. And we all have questions. We may vocalize them. We may just carry them in our hearts or our minds. But I think every human being at some time asks, why am I here? Where is this going? My goodness, I'm going to die. What happens after I die? Is there a God? Does God know me? Can I know God? And what is all this pain and suffering and injustice in the world all about? Have you ever thought about those questions? How do I know what's right? How do I know what's wrong? And all the faiths, all the religions, all the philosophies, all the belief systems, all the isms, they give their answers to these questions. And of course, Jesus gives answers to these questions too. But this morning, I want to just say a few things about Jesus. And one is that Jesus is unique among all the faiths, all the religions, all the philosophies, all the belief systems, all the isms. Jesus stands unique in many ways. Just two ways today I want to talk about. We, we've 
be here forever. We talked about all the ways. One is, all the faiths talk about what is the good life, how to live the good life. And Jesus does too. Jesus talks about life, what it is, how to live it. But he is the only one who ever claimed to be life. What a claim. No other religious teacher claims that. Usually the religious teacher says, well, here's the way it is. Let me teach you. Let me teach you, little grasshopper, how you should live, you know. Jesus does teach us how to live, but he also says, it's about believing in me and following me. My teachings, yes, but follow me, in me. We just read it. He said it to Mary. Listen, and we, sometimes we've heard this so many times, it just goes by us. He goes, he doesn't say, let me tell you about the resurrection and the life. What does he say? I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, even though he die, will live. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? Now, there's a lot of chapters in John we didn't cover over Holy Week. And one of the passages that we could have gone into, because it happened when Jesus was with his disciples and they were talking before he went to the cross, having a heart-to-heart talk, Jesus said to them, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. Do you hear the difference there? He doesn't say, let me tell you the truth. He does tell us the truth. He does tell us about life, but he's unique in saying, I am the life, I am the truth. And no one comes to the Father but by me. You won't find any other religious teacher talking this way, only Jesus. Here's the other thing I want to point out, because it is Easter Sunday. Do you know what the other one is? He's the only one to have what? Risen from the dead. Christ is risen? Do you believe it? Do you believe it? You know, I mean, it's quite a claim that he rose from the dead, that the tomb was empty. And you might be thinking, how can I believe it if I haven't seen it? How can I believe it if I can't understand it? I mean, how could that ever happen that someone would come back from the dead never to die again? Because Jesus' rising from the dead was different than Lazarus. Lazarus came, was resuscitated. He came back to life and he died again and did not get raised up again. Jesus rose and was changed to be a resurrected Lord to never die again. You know, on that morning, John stooped down to enter the tomb, and he found it empty except for the grave clothes. And he said when he saw that empty tomb, he said he saw and believed, but listen to what he says next. He says they still, not, they still did not understand from the scripture that Jesus had to rise from the dead. John says, I saw it. I didn't understand it, but something changed inside me, and I believed it. Let's talk just a little bit about believing, understanding, and seeing. He believed it, but he didn't understand it all. That took the rest of his life. 
And if somebody tells you they understand everything about Jesus, I would say, well, okay, <laughs> let's wait and see, because there was just so much there. John says the whole world could not contain all the books if everything was written about him. One writer said, Easter means we can never nail him down. Even if the nails we use are real, and the thing we nail him to is a cross, we can never nail him down. What that means is Jesus defies our categories. Jesus defies our explanation. Jesus defies all of our theories. And I'm just saying this because don't think you need to have it all figured out and understand everything and have all your ducks in a row before you put your faith in Jesus Christ. John didn't. Peter didn't. Even Thomas, when he put his finger in the scars in Jesus' side, did not have it all figured out. Mary Magdalene didn't. Mary of Bethany didn't. They just knew one thing. The tomb was empty, and he had risen from the dead. When we have communion, many times, part of the liturgy, if I do the whole liturgy, I'll say something like, let us proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ is risen. Uh, no, Christ has died. No, yes. <laughs> I got to get this right. I should memorize the liturgy. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. There we go. Next time I'll put it in my notes. Try that with me. Christ has died. Christ has risen. Christ has come again. It is a mystery. It is just so great we can never fully understand it. He is risen, and that means he is still here with us. You know, you may not have seen the empty tomb, but we can see the effects of the empty tomb in the lives of those who did see it. And you know, the disciples, they were changed, and they just had to tell everyone about what they had seen and what they had heard and what they had touched. And, and when, as they shared that Christ was risen from the dead, the word spread fast. You know, another thing Jesus said when he was having a heart-to-heart -heart with his disciples before he, he left for the cross, he said, unless a kernel of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it remains a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. And that's what happened. The disciples were like many seeds, and they went out and spread the word. Uh, someone once said it was like trying to destroy a dandelion by blowing on it. <laughs> Those many seeds, the disciples, they spread the news of God's love. And what's amazing is that in the ancient world, where people were even more divided, if you think we're divided today, in the ancient world they were even more divided by ethnicity and culture and race and religion. The gospel cut across social status, language, ethnicity, slaves, masters, Greeks, Jews, rich, poor, all came to believe. It's just amazing. And historians go back and try to explain that. You really, it was unheard of. We had people meeting in worship, brothers and sisters in Christ, who would never hang out together. 
had nothing in common except for a common love for Jesus Christ, knowing that he came to seek and save the lost, and they had been found. He was risen, risen indeed. He rose just as he said. And it's just, the church, the growth of the church is just amazing. A new community, not based on where you came from, not based on your language, not based on your skin color, but based on the shed blood of our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for our sins and rose from the grave. Believe. See, understand. Well, there is some stuff we can't understand. We don't understand it fully, but here's what we can understand. Jesus rose just as he said. We can understand that death, as awful and fearful and dark and horrible as it is, death does not win. Death is not the end. Jesus' resurrection tells us that death has been defeated. And the Bible says that in the end, death will be no more because death itself will die. And this is the awesome Easter news that everyone needs to hear. Christ is risen. That's John's message to you and to me and to the whole world. One of my favorite Bible teachers puts it this way, and I think John is putting it this way in so many words. The good news is you don't have to wait to go to heaven until you die. The good news is heaven has come to you right now. Heaven has come to us through Jesus Christ, the Word made flesh. And we can share heaven with everyone we meet and everyone we know. So, you know, I, we all know each other, but you never really know what's going on with another person and God. That's personal, between them and God. And somebody can say it's this way or say it's that way, but only they know and God knows. We can never really see into another person's heart like that. And I don't know where you are, really, with your walk with God. I believe we're all walking with God, but I don't know if we're close or far apart. or You and God know that. I don't know that. But maybe you're like John this morning, and you're looking in that tomb, that empty tomb, but you're on the outside. And you're wondering, what's going on in there? Am I going to go in or am I going to stay outside? I just want to encourage you to take a step inside. Just take a step inside. Tell the Lord, Lord, I don't understand all this. It seems kind of weird to me. I, I, I'm having a hard time believing. But Lord, I want to step inside. And find out if you're real, if this is real. Take a step inside. And I think you'll be surprised. You're going to find Christ is risen. He's risen indeed. Or maybe you're, in the ins- maybe you're inside. And you know Jesus is risen from the dead. You know that he's risen indeed. I want to say to you, step outside. Go tell somebody. Just don't keep it to yourself. This is good, good news. This is good news to be shared. This is the best news in the world. This is the news everyone's waiting to hear. This is the news our neighbors are hearing this morning, (laughs) whether they want to hear it or not, because we're outside. Christ is risen. Amen. Um, The guys are going to share some special music with us right now to help us prepare our hearts for communion. Um, 
we didn't really plan out how to take an offering today because didn't know if people were going to bring an offering today. So um, Steve and I came up with an idea. There's an offering plate over there. And if you have an offering and you want to bring it today, you can put it there. And uh, Carol's going to make sure it doesn't blow away. Okay, Carol? <laughs> Maybe you can take, if there is an offering, take it inside. But we're learning different ways of giving. Um, when I was in Africa, uh, in Uganda, when they take up offerings in the African church, the offering plate is up front, and people actually dance their offering to the offering plate. So if you want to do that, go ahead. It's fine. Or you can just quietly walk over. But if you have an offering, bring it. And uh, we're going to bring an offering of praise as uh, Dave and the team uh, share some special music with us.